everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert? Glad to be back so soon, Ali. Um, I feel like I've kind of started to zero in on uh, how I like the Final Four to look, so I sure am looking forward to this uh, uh, expedious episode. <laughs> well, of course, you know, I said I wasn't going to make any changes that obviously changed. I did make some changes <laughs> in my bracket, but only in one region, I will say. And um, we'll get to that a little later. But the Midwest region, that was the one I was least confident on a few days ago. I made a few changes. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But I want, you know, I wanted to have this episode so that when the listeners go back and say, hey, well, you liked Indiana. And I say, well, I did change my pick. So we have it on record. It's Wednesday, March 15th. I did make a few changes. But Robert, let's start with the odds and betting trends. So at Baldini's, what are you looking at? What is the most, what bet, what game has the most bets for a first round upset right now, both money line and against the spread? Yeah, oddly enough, it's it's not the games that you would expect to see. Uh, you know, it's of course I've got our, uh, our, our regular wagers, which is, you know, of course the ever so popular uh, parlaying of all the number one seeds on the money line. Uh, that's, you know, that's always going to happen. Uh, you're not going to get the best of value. I was going to say, one. what is that still like minus 2000? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it, the return is uh, kind of infinitesimal, but just the money line. So I'm, I'm just happy to be offering a money line that I'm staring at one that's minus 5,000. So uh, I, you know, it doesn't matter what the points. When Virginia is. lost, I was in Vegas I don't even think there was a money line for them that you could have bet that year. <laughs> yeah. And then if you even looked at uh, in game, uh, even that got even, even pretty ridiculous here. It's very rare to see Ali. You're absolutely right. Uh, but Hey, uh, in terms of what we're looking at today, as of our recording, uh, the highest number of tickets that I have is on uh, Iowa over Auburn. Uh, and these are okay. money line bets. <clears throat> and then the other uh, first round, I guess we could call it an upset, right? Because I've taken dogs on the money line is uh, Illinois over Arkansas. Um, really? Yeah. What do you think of those? I mean, those are pretty safe. Those are eight, nine seed bets. I, those are pretty much coin flips, I would think anyway. I'm kind of just from reading other brackets and talking people, I would have guessed. I feel like a lot of people are in Drake over Miami. That's one of the ones I would have guessed. Um, I would have also guessed probably I'm hearing a lot of people like Oral Roberts over Duke. So that's an interesting one. I guess people are kind of still playing it safe, if that's fair to say. Close friend of mine from back east. The only thing he texted me so far, and it's incredible. It's like I spoke to him on, on Saturday. He texts me on Sunday. He hasn't spoken to me since. He texts me on Sunday. He says, the only bet I'm making for the rest of this month is Oral Roberts on the money line over Duke. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, my dad will be happy to hear that. He <laughs> and then, of course, if you know, we just take a look. So that's, of course, just money line bets. And then if we look at some games uh, with uh, spreads, uh, the most tickets that I have on spread bets is Penn State covering over Arkansas. Not to win outright, but they all are grabbing that plus three. Uh, one tiny plus three and a half. Uh, but yeah, um, they're backing Penn State over Texas A&M on plus three there. Well, I love Penn State too, so that doesn't surprise me. What about to win the championship? Is Alabama getting all the money or are there other, other teams getting more bets? Okay, good. So this is tickets versus money. Right. Uh, 
it's almost one in one a the most tickets I have written is uh really no surprise Alabama and UCLA okay. now the highest liability <laughs> it's another story um we are fearing Illinois Xavier K-State those three now wow. yes I know you're like okay wait we we haven't even mentioned them uh in in any sense Illinois championship but yeah, no, there's there's some early tickets, you know, way up in the, the three digits, huh? 250, 300, 500 to one. So uh, I've got those schools uh, circled. I sure wouldn't mind seeing them eliminated in their first game. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. I, I, I don't have Illinois winning one game in this tournament. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that I actually have uh, Kansas State going pretty far. Um, I can understand making a, a play with that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Xavier, I feel like they always disappoint every year, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move to the bracket, Robert. So back to changes, I'll lay out my changes first, and then you let me know, you know, every, if, if you've kind of flip flop on, on some, some bets or some picks that you, you had on Monday and now it's Wednesday and 48 hours does a lot. It might've changed your mind. So I mentioned the only changes I made were in the Midwest bracket. Originally, I had Indiana going pretty far. I had them going to the lead eight. And there's just something, the more I talked about it, the more I was trying to talk myself into saying that Indiana's going to be consistent and going to get there. And it's because I like Trace Jackson Davis so much. So I, I removed my bias. I really looked at their their body of work. And I couldn't find a more inconsistent team than Indiana. And that never bodes well for this tournament. So I did a complete 180 on this one. And not only do I no longer have Indiana making the Elite Eight, I have them losing to Kent State in the first round. Tell me I'm crazy on that one. Wise decision, Allie. You know, (laughs) one, one incredible student athlete can take a program very far. However, it's very unlikely that that could happen look indiana did very very well however i don't believe that they are due their number four seed not even close i actually don't think they're due a six or even a seven seed right uh you know if, if we look at everything that they've done this year sure they're they're quite efficient i just don't feel that they have really the, the necessary push through to to match up with some of the other far more balanced schools, much less look, let's say they, they do make it far. They're going to have to play Houston. Right. And, and Houston's got every, every reason for them to win this championship. Forget about beating Indiana. Um, Right. If, if, okay, let me, let me go ahead and make a quick number. Um, I'd have to say Houston would be five and a half over Indiana. Right. And so that's, that's just, you know, we're just really quick, just parsing out of a, of a point spread. So it, it'll be it'll be very difficult for them to advance, uh, much less beat Houston, who's got everything ringing the correct direction for them, Allie. Uh, good good choice there. <laughs> nice well, yeah, then my other big choice, because then after I no longer have Indiana going all the way there, I have Miami and Kent State in the round of 32, then I have Miami beating Kent State. I'm not falling into the Drake thing. I feel like too many people are taking Drake over Miami, and I don't go with the popular pick. I just don't. All right, so then the other change I have is the playing game that we saw last night against Pittsburgh and Mississippi State. I watched that game, Robert, and I said, man, 
I don't know if it's nerves or what between these two teams, but they don't look like two teams that belong in the NCAA tournament. They belong in the NIT tournament. But I will say, I will lay it out. I, I do think that the playing game does have an advantage because I think that they get the butterflies out of their stomach. I think they tweak anything that was wrong. And I actually think they come out and play better. So I still have Pittsburgh beating Iowa State in the first round. But in the second round, instead of having Pittsburgh beat Xavier, I switched it. And I think Xavier is going to be just too much for Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh can get hot. Iowa State's been inconsistent all year. So I'm still going to go with that ups in the first round. But I'm going to take Xavier to be Pittsburgh in the round of 32. What do you think about that? Uh, again, strong pivot. Yeah. I love Xavier. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I think they're seated right. Uh, right. Their offense is absolutely spectacular. Now, look, Pitt's done great this year, and I and I love their trajectory. They definitely are peaking at the right time. But Xavier, far, far much the best there uh, with with their Big East record. And I, I just honestly think that they'll probably end up if if Xavier and Pitt match up. I, I think Xavier's got to be six at least. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, those are my two big changes. Otherwise, everything else, all the other regions, I kept flawless. I didn't change anything. I feel good about them all. I really didn't. Again, my 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 changes weren't made by based on really what I read and what I saw. It's just gut feelings I have. I did the eye test with Pittsburgh last night. I really just didn't have a good feel about Indiana after we talked on our podcast the other day. Even when I was doing another podcast yesterday, I had already moved Indiana to losing to Miami in the round of 32, and then I just switched it to Kent State beats them in the first round. So let's turn it over to you, Robert. What has changed in your mind from Monday to today? Nice. Okay, so not much. Uh, I, I still really love the direction and the trajectory of UConn. I still really, uh, I, I really feel strong about Tennessee. However, um, I'm, I'm going to go and just bring it all the way to the final four. So I didn't talk enough about just how stacked the Crimson Tide is this year. Yeah. They are a legit eight, maybe even nine deep alley. So even if, let's say, you, you corral Brandon Miller, you get him into foul trouble, he, he's got to sit for an extended period of time. They, I mean – it doesn't really matter. Like you could just line up the next, the next player in line. Uh, Noah Clownley is just really, really fantastic at the other side of the court between Sears and Quinterly. And then Jaden Bradley, they're all really, really great players that have excellent range. Rylan Griffin, excellent range, right? So these players can definitely fill in gaps when necessary and not to mention their defense. God, they're so, so good defensively. So, Allie, I am going to change my champion uh, from UConn to Alabama. All right. Uh, well, one of us should get it because I have UConn beating Alabama. So, <laughs> so have, if this is the final, Robert, we'll put a nice bottle of Jack Daniels as a wager between the two of us. Neat. Yes. Love it. Yes. For me, it's Alabama only because they're, again, the defense has it's honestly one of the best out there out there, really outside of UCLA. I can't really find any of the top tier uh, selections to win this year's college basketball championship out there as a better defensive core. Uh, you know, and, and again, if we look at some of the other things like 
the tempo, Alabama's tempo is unlike anyone in the top 25. They move the ball so well. And again, that's something that schools really have to prepare for. If you haven't seen something like, like Houston could probably catch up and run with it. Uh, UCLA could probably catch up and run with it. Tennessee can do the same. Connecticut, if it's Connecticut against Alabama, I, I feel that UConn's going to have a, a, a bit of a problem uh, shutting off the water off of that fire hydrant alley. Who <laughs> would have thought at the beginning of the year the national champion wouldn't be Alabama in football? It would be them in basketball, if that is. How case. about that? Any other changes, Robert? No, no. Um, yeah, I, I will stand very firmly against Gonzaga. Uh, that's not going to change. We could go ahead and insert. Did, did I tell you my dad still picked them to go to the finals? I said, dad, <laughs> yes, you dad. pick them every year. He's like, well, this is the year no one's picking them. So they're going to go to the finals. I said, you need to just not talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Just brilliant. No, I, I, I look, it's, they, they've got an incredible program with just an amazing, amazing offense. They just don't have, the the defense to match it and that's where i think they're gonna they're gonna find themselves failing that they're just going to find that one game somewhere along this path and that offense is just not going to be there early yeah. and that's that's what's going to be their downfall again uh and, and honestly you know saint mary's not too far behind them as well so if if you like gonzaga you probably should like saint mary's as well but you know the wcc uh it's not going to be this year not not for that conference not this year um I, I do I do really like the, the only other one that I probably thought of that I probably should mention just a little bit more for those filling out brackets is Texas. And yes, you know, there, there is going to be obviously the, you know, the, the path that they're going to have to run themselves through isn't going to be the easiest, right? Because ultimately, right. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to face off against Houston. And then if that Houston, I mean, hey, that's an all- all Texas final four, which is actually pretty cool if it does happen that way. Uh, but if I'm making a line of Houston against Texas, I got to tell you, it's going to be a lot closer than some people would think. Uh, I'd probably make it Houston two and not that's much. That's what I was that. about to guess. I'd say Houston minus two. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about it. And the strength of schedule and, and then conference probably plays a little bit into that, but Ali, this one's going to be a, a lot better. I, I love the the wide open tournaments, no, yep. not ones where you just say, oh, wow, Kansas is so stacked, you know, or Kentucky is so stacked, you know, from a couple of years back. Uh, th- this is this is going to be a fun one because I'm I'm really happy to see some of the seeds that are a lot higher um, are, you know, for me, or maybe I should just um, change my verbiage. The teams that I have ranked significantly higher in my personal power rank are seated significantly higher there. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> and that that's good. I, I like when I see that I, I feel again, that we're, we're talking about misseeding, uh, but, but that's, that's something that I love to enjoy and, and break down. That's for sure. So we, we shared our, our changes and everything. Everyone knows you have Alabama winning it all of UConn winning it all. Let's get to some tips of people that they're still kind of struggling to fill the brackets out or maybe they're a little new with it. I know a lot of people, Robert, that don't fill their brackets out until the night before. They just, they want to do a clean bracket. They don't want to go with their racing. I mean, if you still write on it with pencil, but then it just gets too confusing. So give me your top three tips for filling out your bracket, and then I'll give you mine. Okay, so number one, 
uh, go and find a source that you can go ahead and, and say, this is, I'm confident in this, this data set. And I, I really like breaking it down by one of two categories. Maybe you want to make a, have a uh, bracket A, which is offense, and then a bracket B, which is defense. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and save you. And I'll actually go ahead and open up my book right now. And I'll share with you who are my top three uh, schools ranked by their defense, right? So uh, in reverse order, number three is Alabama. Number two is Tennessee. And the top defensive school in the nation, in my eyes, is UCLA. So maybe uh, you wanted to go ahead and just circle them and just bring them all the way on into the final four. That's cool. Uh, maybe you wanted to do it from an offensive perspective, and it's going to look significantly more different. Um, my top three offensive schools, uh, again, in reverse order, uh, might surprise you because <laughs> when we break it down, um, number three is Iowa. Uh, so that's quite don't even seat. start with me, Robert. <laughs> Just saying, Iowa, number three offense in the land. Number two, Baylor. And then number one, Gonzaga. So it sure would look significantly more different than most pools that you enter. And then finally, one that maybe just gives you a little bit of an edge very early in the pool. And for the better part, uh, me and my, my colleagues have kind of set the spreads of the first round uh, kind of in line with the seating. However, you might find some games that uh, go against the seeding of some of the schools. So my final um, tip is to take a look at the point spreads that us bookies set for the first round on uh, uh, Thursday and, and Friday games and fill out your uh, first round selections based off of the point spreads or the money lines, right? So whoever's the favorite in our eyes should be the ones that advance into round number two. Uh, so that's my uh, my top three uh, ways of filling out a bracket. Should I ever do one? <laughs> yeah. So I, I will be very, I do the same things every year. I always have at least one. Well, it's me. I like my underdog. So I always have multiple, but I tell people to pick at least one double digit seed to get to the sweet 16. So in, I believe 35 out of the last 37 years, at least a 10, 11 or a 12 seed has made it to the sweet 16. So those people that like Drake, or if you're like me that likes Charleston, uh, people there's people that like VCU. Don't shy away from putting a double digit seed into your Sweet 16. Not saying you got to put them in your Elite Eight or your Final Four for that matter. You know you're only going to get your VCU's, your Loyola, Chicago's every now and then. But I think to have at least one or two, if you want to be a little risky like me, have a double digit seed get in the Sweet 16. I always think that is a good way to go. Another thing is always, this is my favorite one, there's always going to be a 12 that upsets a 5. I don't even remember the last year that there wasn't. There usually is only maybe, I think since 85, there's only been a handful of years where at least one 12 seed didn't knock off a 5. So I'm looking at you, those Drake backers, or if you're like me that like Charleston, hey, maybe you're like Robert's friend that loves Oral Roberts. Take a 12 seed that they will probably upset a five. I It might seem like a big difference, a five seed from a 12 seed, but it really isn't when you look in terms of these talent levels. So always take a 12 over a number five. And I guess one of the biggest ones is location, location, location. 
these teams aren't just playing each other in the middle of nowhere. There's designated spots, whether it's in Sacramento, California, whether it's in Houston, Texas, whether it's in Nashville, Tennessee. Look where these games are being played because Regency bias could have an effect on a home court. If you have a team that's from, say, Texas playing in Houston against a team that's from New York, chances are it's going to be pretty much a home game for that Texas team. I always emphasize that home court advantage plays a lot when it comes into college basketball, college football, any college sport. These are still young kids. They still get behind a crowd that supports them. So take a look at location. And you have also have to factor in travel. Are these, are, you know, what if you have to travel from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast? That's a three-hour difference. And if you look, they're three hours ahead. That could be a six-hour difference if you really think about it, depending how late you travel. So location, location, location. What do you think about those, Robert? I love what you did there with Regency bias. Not recency. Yeah. Regency Not recency. Bias. Regency. <laughs> very, very well done. And uh, if again, uh, to uh, uh, hark on what you said about a double digit, uh, my highest power ranked double digit seeded school this year happens to be Utah State from the Mountain West. I have them ranked 18th in the nation. So if you're looking for... Uh, for that little tidbit, you know, uh, you know, go ahead and I'll, I'll, I definitely jump on board. And I, I do think that double digits somewhere, somehow will definitely make an impact. And for me, uh, the highest one there happens to be Utah state. I do like, I love Utah state in the first round. I wish they weren't the 10 seed. I, I just, I can't bring myself to pick them over Arizona, but I think you, that game is going to be a lot closer, Utah State and Arizona, if Utah State upsets Missouri. Well, technically, it's not an upset. Utah State is favored by one in that game. So I think if Utah advances to the second round, they are someone to keep an eye on. All right. Well, that's our quick rapid-fire show of the day. Robert, I am so excited for the tip-off tomorrow. I can't wait. It's the the weekend I look forward to every year. I know it's been about three years since I've been in Vegas for it. I used to go every year. Co- the year of COVID was my first year not going. Since then, I got a daughter. So it's another reason why mm-hmm. I am not going. Um, but I hope to be there, if not next year, the year after. And I will just say, Robert, being in Vegas for March Madness is the most exciting time I think you can be in Vegas. Would you agree for that? absolutely nothing like it i mean literally nothing better than new year's eve better than the super bowl it's it's literally the the four first four days uh starting tomorrow absolutely nothing like it that i've ever experienced yeah it's it's a lot of fun i'm sure robert you will be super busy at baldini's a lot of bets to be made not just even with the ncaa tournament the nit tournament a lot don't forget there's some good bets to be made on there and maybe some of those teams like rutgers clemson that, that didn't make the NCAA tournament. They have a lot to play for. So keep an eye on that. All right, Robert, before we sign off, any last words on this March Madness Eve for the listeners? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, and and I my phone just hasn't stopped buzzing this whole time because they knew we we're about to go and record our pod. Yes, all of you East Coasters. Yes, all my friends. I know, I know, yes. I know Aaron Rodgers. I know New York. I was waiting for that. (laughs) I promise. I promise we will cover it. Not today. Okay. It's just pump the brakes. We'll get to it. Give us a few more weeks. Let us enjoy this beautiful time. And we'll get right back because I know we've got a lot to talk about in the NFL between free agency moves, 
quarterbacks changing addresses. Darren Waller as a New York Giant. Oh, we'll yes. It, I we swear, I promise. That. Jesus, all of you, pump the brakes. Give me a break over here. <laughs> I, I will say, I would, as a New York Giants fan, everyone knows this, I was thrilled for the Darren Waller trade. I know I know his injury history the past few few years. I know people are saying, well, don't forget about Kenny Galladay. I am not comparing apples to oranges. Those are two different positions. <laughs> this is a trade. This isn't a free agency signing. We essentially gave up Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller. I love the deal. Robert, real quick, what do you grade the deal? It's for, for the New York Giants to give up just a third rounder. This has to be at the absolute low end of B. At the high end, I could see him picking up. I, I literally could see him getting 90 to 100 receptions this year. So if that happens, it's clearly an A+. I agree. And it's a Kansas City Chiefs pick. Let's not forget. So that's essentially almost a fourth round pick. So I couldn't be happier for, for the deal. Congrats to the Giants. We got a nice tight end. I don't think we've had a tight end of that caliber since the Jeremy Shockey days. All right, Robert, thanks so much for joining me. And we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully our brackets will still be intact. Either way, Robert and I will be here to recap what I know is going to be a maddening weekend. Take care, everyone. Uh